Hello everyone, welcome to the Jockey Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark and as always I'm joined by Matthew. Morning. And Nathan. Good day everyone. How are we doing? Melting. Yeah, doing well. Yeah, melting. apart from the melting. Yeah. Ugh, it's horrible. It's not as bad as it was a few weeks ago. I don't know. Really? It seems on par to me. It's no. not as bad, but last time I lasted for two days. This one's like almost a whole week. <laughs> well, climate change, that's the way the world's going now. We best get used to it. Drink drink plenty of water, kids. Yeah. Stay hydrated. Yep. And adults, not just the kids. Yeah. Nah, that's all for the beer. Should we go to the news? The yep. news. Shall I begin? Yes, Mark. Regale us with a story. I shall regale you with a story of Diablo Immortal. Now, you know this game, don't you? I presume. Or yes. Not. It's a, a form of Diablo in on mobile. So Correct. So, a story that came out. So, this is, this is from PC Games N. And it's uh, a Diablo Immortal player has pumped $100,000 into the game. And, as a result, it now prevents them from playing the game due to matchmaking difficulties. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, wow. read, I'll read a part of the story. So, it's a YouTuber and Diablo Immortal streamer. JT is all business. Says they have spent between 48 to 72 hours in total waiting to be put into a queue for a Battlegrounds game, with each attempt ending without them finding a match. This is apparently doubly frustrating as the clan led by JT is all business recently won the Rite of Exile battle on their server. I don't know what that is. Uh, enshrining them as the reigning immortals. Uh, JT is all business speculates that of their 300 clan members, between 30 and 40 have spent at least a grand upgrading their characters since reaching immortal status. In terms of their own character, JT is all business says they have spent $100,000 on Diablo Immortal and speculates that the reason they are currently unable to find a PvP match it's because they spent a ton of money right at the start, which meant that they played 100 battlegrounds without losing. This huge run of victories has possibly increased JT's old, JT's old business matchmaking rating higher than other players on the server, meaning that the game is now unplayable to match the to suitable opponent. I mean, that's just ridiculous, isn't it? This is delicious, I love it. <laughs> I mean, there's no wonder game companies do this monetization crap when you've got people like this, these whales. Yeah, but just... this is to the umpteenth degree. Like, you'd never really hear about this generally. Like, even FIFA players buying FIFA points and stuff, they don't normally pump that kind of cash into it. No, this this is quite insane, this. Um, but I've also read that apparently Activision Blizzard has earned more mobile last quarter than on PC and console combined. I'm I wonder surprised. why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's an obscene amount of money, though. Obscene. Why? Because of the views, obviously. Mm. Can you imagine? The memes. It's like, can you imagine being married to a person like that? Like, Frank, where's our life savings gone? Oh, I spent it on this cool video game character. Look, look at his good sword. (laughs) Frank, why are we living in a box? (laughs) (laughs) Why do we even play games anymore? That's what I don't get. If you're going to just throw money to it, why why even play the game? There's no point. It's to be the best, isn't it? It's not being the best, though, is it? Like, no one ever was. Yeah, exactly. Well, say that I can't even play the game anymore, so <laughs> guess we solve that problem, haven't we? Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. You 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 pay too much and you lock yourself out of the game. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever heard about anything like this before. Yeah, think we've got to pay to win, and then suddenly we've reached pay to lose. That's what we've gone to. I mean, is there a way that you can kind of 
deselect the loot that he's got so it like brings him down or is it pure the amount of wins because you mentioned he had like 100 wins in a row so it's kind of locked him out at that stage yeah it's 100 battlegrounds without losing but if he can't even get into one now then he can't lose it can he which would bring him down Mm. Mm. Catch 22 I have to start again delete the character start again yeah I just do 50 grand this time that's it you've got to find that sweet spot yeah, silly Muppet. Well, if we're keeping it towards the microtransaction side of stuff, uh, some, some I suppose, good news, if you want to look at it um, from Activision Blizzard side of stuff. Um, the game Overwatch is going to pretty much eliminate being able to buy loot boxes by the end of August. Going to um, an article that I've read on VGC. Apparently, in a blog post from Blizzard uh, detailing the Overwatch Anniversary Remix Volume 3 event, bit of a mouthful there, um, companies essentially just come out and quietly revealed uh, loot boxes will no longer be on sale for, as of August 30th. With Overwatch 2, um, which is launching in early access October the 4th this year as a free to play title. It will have a new seasonal structure, uh, sort of like a battle pass, basically. Um, and it will not have loot boxes at all. So everything's pretty much moving to that kind of season pass, battle pass thing that's all the range these days. But it's, I think it's better like that. You know, you, you, you have the choice to pay into this rather than having... I suppose the ability to buy loot boxes and whatnot. They did say with the original Overwatch as well that um, in game you can, you'll still earn loot boxes. So you'll just not be able to pay for them, basically. Right. Okay. But it's a, it's a good step forward. I think if EA was somehow listening to this. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, why are they doing this? This is Activision Blizzard. I'm not used to them doing nice things. So why why they start doing this? What? I think what they've decided to do is get some money from a lot of people rather than a lot of money from some people, and it'll probably equate to more. They've probably done market research and found that doing it this way, they'll get more money overall, doing a battle pass structure. The thing is, well, with some countries, you know, deciding to ban this kind of microtransactions entirely. You wouldn't be able to sell something like Overwatch 2 in their country, would they? So you'd be missing out on a player base if you still had loot boxes. Uh, yes, that explains it. The hammer's coming down on loot boxes, isn't it? Slowly so but they're, surely. They're looking for other revenue streams. Pretty much. I mean, there is, I, I would argue that this is a more healthy option, even though it's it still is. in effect microtransactions. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Shall I talk about... Um... Activision Blizzard not doing something very good. I sound like it. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's get back to some normal yeah, news. Yeah. Normal service shall be resumed. So, Call of Duty has been accused of plagiarism. Again. Again? Yeah. Oh, no. So what not was it this first, time? Yeah, not for the first time. So, the accusation in question is related to an operator skin called Loyal Samoyed. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not quite sure. But the design is basically a wolf, a white wolf in military gear. So it's a concept artist called Say Lin claims they created the design over two years ago. And that's called Samoy Medical. 
So not only have they just nicked the design, they've also nicked part of the name as well. And their design was uploaded to an online art portfolio website called ArtStation. And if you look at it, it's pretty much an open and shut case. It is almost identical. Ah. It is ridiculous. It's like it's got a patch on the shoulder, which kind of comes out. And it's identical. The bag on the waist is pretty much exactly the same. Where patches are, it's, just, it's the same. I, mean, I think this was supposed to come out with the, is the recent bundle that's come out recently was it a terminator bundle or something like you're more uh, something some, there, yeah, there, there is, there. yeah there is um there is a terminator one with mr arnold and the t1000 from terminator 2 yeah it was supposed to come out with that ah and it's been pulled because of this i'm not surprised yeah but it's it's so stupid i don't know how it, it, it was it's as if they didn't even try to hide the fact it's just pretty much the same thing. Activision be Activision. Again. Can nobody take inspiration This isn't inspiration so much as just we'll just copy and paste this yeah. from Google Images. <laughs> that's, that's what it feels like. It feels like they've just gone into the internet and go, uh, Wolf, uh, military. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Let's splice that straight into our game. Let's get all the monies. I don't know why they just think, why couldn't they have just gone, all right, who's the artist that did this? Can we contact them and like pay them for usage of their character? Well, Surely that would be. You've answered your own question there. Pay them. They don't want to do That's that. That's it. Just, just, they, they want the money. Just do it. They should have just contacted them and said, right, we'll give you this exposure. <laughs> oh, no. Exposure card. <laughs> oh, yeah. The old, the old artist trick in the book. We won't pay you, but we'll be able to, we'll, we'll, get your, we'll get your name out of there. <laughs> then try and bottom the credits in, like, type one font. <laughs> Exposure's going to pay the rent, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, in the next couple of weeks, on the 29th of August, um, you're not going to be able to use your eShop cards on your 3DS or Wii U. So, if you do have those, make sure you get them used fast. Otherwise, you won't be able to use them whatsoever um this is of course nintendo are kind of cutting back on their legacy consoles a bit and they removed credit card functionality back in 2019 and now this is the next phase of that where they've removed well well where they're going to remove eShop cards so there's that so just a psa get them used while you can buy the games that you want make sure they're downloaded because well they're not going to be around forever so the, they're going to totally phase out the digital stores by the 27th of March, 2023. So there's just probably what, six, seven months now left on that or eight. Yeah. I mean, I never really downloaded games on 3DS, but I did on Wii U. Like I used the virtual mm. console on that to get all the old uh, Mario games, some of the Yoshi games and stuff. Yeah, we've got, I've got a few games that I downloaded on my 3DS. Um... I think Monster Hunter Story was one. I think that's why I downloaded uh, the Pocket League thing that they do. There's that one. Resident Evil Revelations I've got downloaded. So um, it's a bit of a shame. Because I still think 3DS is still doing somewhat okay. Obviously not against Switch, which I think hit about 111 million units sold now. So it's... Yeah. It's a... 
frightening success for Nintendo, but to lock those kind of games out, I know they've already done it for DS and stuff, but it's, companies really need to be doing more in terms of being able to access older titles in some form or fashion. Yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, Nintendo pushed these all up to the overall virtual console so that you could still use mm. use everything from there on the Switch. In an ideal world. Yeah, that's it. We don't live in one, so. No, we certainly don't. Shall we move on to something happier, Nintendo-based? Ooh, what's that then? The world overview for Pokemon, Scarlet and Violet. Woo! Come on, Mark, I know you want to weigh in on this one. I'm sure you got opinions. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Built my answer for a second there. <laughs> so I think um, me and uh, Matt watched this. Uh, do you have any mm-hmm. thoughts on it, Matt? What did you think? I thought it was a pretty good um, Pokemon Presents overall. Um, not just for just, you know, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I think for some other stuff, you know. Uh, Unite seems to look like it's had a lot more content. Um, I do wish I kind of went back into that. I did enjoy a few games that I played of it, but it's definitely relying on teamwork and stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, I think if it would keep it to Scarlet and Violet at least. Um, I like the look of it. I like, I like that there's a, uh, a freedom to how you can approach the story now. Yeah, because there's three branches now, isn't there? So they did talk a bit more about the the normal branch that you get in your legacy Pokemon games where you've got your eight gym badges and then you go and challenge the Pokemon League. But one mm. thing I found interesting was that there's no real order for the badges, so you could go in any order you want, which I thought was quite interesting. But that mm. built into the open world aspect where you can do whatever you want, go wherever you want. Yes, yeah. One thing I didn't like the look of is that you're going to use the legendaries as HM slaves, pretty much. Oh, what's what's wrong with a rideable legendary? I think it's quite unique. It's unique, but it puts me about. Puts you about? Yeah, with the legs and the wheels. It's it's weird. Well, then play a Violet. It'll, you know, play the futuristic one. <laughs> I think you might have to. But I'm interested in finding out about these other paths that you can go on. Because they didn't really talk about that at all. So I think they're just keeping them as like little teasers. They didn't. Um, I do think we we might have certain ideas on what it could be. Because when they were going through the trailer, I've like mentioned that there's kind of three different stories. Obviously, one's your very traditional um, Pokemon League journey, I suppose what you'd call it. And then I think the other two... There, there was sort of little hints of what it could be because I think one of them was based on these kind of checkered flags. I'm wondering if they're very kind of maybe there's something to do with riding the the legendary Pokemon. Maybe you do kind of like maybe races perhaps or because you, you've got different modes with the Pokemon. I mean, there's like there's there's your I suppose more bike mode. There's the um, more bike mode in the water. <laughs> I, 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 I went to say bought, but then it was like, no, it didn't. It's not, that don't quite work. Um, and obviously you got the the climbing of um, hillsides, mountains. You can climb them, and then you've also you got the 
I won't say flying, the the more kind of gliding like it was in Arceus. Mm. So maybe it could have something to do with that. Um, and then the third one seemed to focus on some sort of lighthouses, maybe. I did. To be fair, I did watch a I did watch a YouTube video that was kind of dissected a lot of it. And then um, the Pokemon Company released the full map of um, Paldera and like uh, why everything's going to be in it. And you can see in like in, in the map, there's like the every section's got these like checkered flags, and then there seems to be these lighthouses. There seem to be in the sort of like north, south, east, west sections. So I'll be quite intrigued to see what what those stories will entail, and you know, can you complete one without having to do the rest? Do you have to do all three? You know, what kind of way you can do them, I suppose. Um, yeah, might imagine you can do you, it can be interchangeable because it's your journey at the end of the day. Yeah, true. Where is that? So that was that was most of it. Obviously, knowing that the area is called Paldera. And yeah. then we got to see we got to see a few a few new Pokemon and types as well. Uh, we got what was it? We got um, I think we got Paldean Wooper first. That's just a yes, the variant Yeah, so that's a poison ground type now instead of water ground. I think. Yeah, and then we got the oh, is it Setitan or Ketitan? The kind of like I'm large not gonna attempt to pronounce it. With, <laughs> I can't um, remember what it said. With horns, so that yeah. that was a that's the Pokemon that we've not seen before. So that's just a um, a Paldean regional. Oh. But um, and then they went over the three stars again. But um, yeah, it looked they looked pretty cool. I'd like to see some more variations of Pokemon that we've seen before. Mm. See what the typings are. And then they went on to talk about the union circle and the co-op side of it. So um, as we've spoke about previously, there is um, co-op with three other players so that you can look for Pokemon and explore together, which I think is quite mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And then they went on to talk about this region's Gigantamax or Mega Evolution. Well, gimmick. Gimmick, yeah. <laughs> it's best um, to describe it. Another thing that I need to learn how to pronounce. Um, terrestrials. Yeah. Or terrestrials. Yeah. So basically what you can do is, so if I'm good, I'll explain this to you, Mark. So you've got your Pikachu, but you want your Pikachu to turn into a gemstone and give it another type. This why would I want to does. do that? Because why, it's, why would I want to turn poor Pikachu into a gemstone? Because it's cool. Well, it's, it's more crystallized. Yeah, it's, it crystallizes your Pokemon and gives it another typing. Well, not necessarily. It depends on its well, terror type. type so. Yeah, so that's another new thing. Because you can catch a Pokemon <laughs> and it can have a different terror type to <laughs> its normal type. Marks mine. <laughs> okay. Apparently, I think I read somewhere a few a few of the Pokemon can change um, form under this, but it's very few. All Pokemon will have like a terror type. Yeah, I would imagine it's normally their own typing. So if we use Pikachu, for example, it probably will normally be like an electric terror type. But then you can catch like rare forms um, of, of Pikachu that has a different terror type. 
basically what it does, depending on its typing, it will boost that type's attack and power, basically. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, it said you can catch those ones with more unique terror types in raid battles as well. So that looked pretty mm. cool. Looks a lot like Pokemon Go raid battles to me. I I think it, they're just going off um, what was in Sword of Shield because you had the you had the raid battles in there where you went up against um, Dynamax Pokemon. But what they're doing in this version instead of it being kind of turn based, everyone picks a turn and you've got to wait for everyone to do their turn and whatnot. It's more free flow, free yeah. flowing, I should say. So everyone can like battle whenever they want, basically. So you have to really be coordinate with the other three people to like maybe. Uh, I wonder if maybe if you time attacks prop at the right time, maybe they might do more damage. I don't know. That'd be an interesting concept if you went down mm. that route. Yeah. But no, that it looks good. I thought the red battles was one of the best parts of Sword and Shield. So. Yep, it's good to see that back. Hmm. You did miss one new Pokemon as well that got revealed. Oh, did I? Yes. The uh, little doughy, doughy dog. Oh, Pokemon. yeah. The Yido. So everyone's favourite now over Lechonk. Oh, no. It's basically just, it looks like a small puppy, but it's as though you made it out of dough. <laughs> I don't know why. Pokemon is going down a weird route sometimes. I mean, it's coming up to and being nearly a thousand of them so they've got to do something to lot. keep it original no I'm really looking forward to it actually on this one I think um, people who didn't particularly enjoy Sword and Shield I think we'll, we'll jump back on this one there's been more delays more delays oh no mm. never I don't more believe it's been delayed delays. okay so Marvel's Midnight Suns that's been delayed so the of game was course. given yeah, the game was given an October release date quite recently, but now 2K have come out saying it's delayed, but not offered a new date. But they've only, but they have said it will be uh, the end of this fiscal year, so it should be before the end of March. But nothing specific. And then uh, Nightingale, do you remember that one? Oh yeah, that one I looked of, and then they had certain enemies that I don't like anymore, so I'm not going to buy. <laughs> Sounds about right. So Inflection Games have delayed Nightingale's early access to the first half of next year. And the reason they've made that, uh, the reason they've done that is they've made the decision to upgrade the engine to Unreal 5. Ooh, that's oh, good. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I thought it might take longer than that. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the... If they've already got the assets and it's based in Unreal 4, then I wouldn't have thought it would be too hard to just bump it up to 5. Uh, we've also had a release date for Hogwarts Legacy. Oh. But it's not holiday 2022. As we, uh, no. as we were told before. No, it's going oh, to be no. Feb- it's going to be February the 10th next year. That's fine. Oh yeah. Why, why do I get the feeling February is a big month? It was a big month this year, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it is it also was this stuff that got delayed into next year that's like there's a lot there's a big jumble of stuff that's coming out. Probably. As there always is. <laughs> so I've got to wait till February to live out my dark wizard fantasies. Yep. That sounds pretty bad. I don't mean it in the way that people might think. Yes, mm-hmm. you do. <laughs> uh, we also have one other game that got delayed. Oh, do we? Mm. 
I'll go on my list here. It was Ark Raiders. Remind me what that was. Yeah, free to play. I think it's going to be free to play a third person. It was a post-apocalyptic, had like an 80s aesthetic to it. I think it yeah. was, when, when was it shown? I think it was shown in the, the Summer Games Fest, sponsored by Jeff. That was scheduled to come out later this year, but that has also been delayed into 2023. Um, although they have given a reason that uh, decision that they've done that is because apparently it would have it was going to be clashing with another project the studio had that was advancing at a faster rate than expected. So they didn't want to clash two projects together at once. I wish other companies would do that a bit more. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, first thing that came into my mind. <laughs> EA, tie on four. Anyway. <laughs> Should we talk about a bit of a dispute that Our Microsoft disputes. has? We love disputes. Yes, we do, don't we? So the two, I suppose, biggest companies right now, Mr. Mr. Microsoft and Mr. Sony, are having a bit of a bit of an argument, like as they always do. Bit of handbags. Bit of handbags, yeah. Although not over Activision Blizzard for once. This is probably a little <laughs> bit more serious, I would say. So just going on the article um, that Chris Scullion wrote for VGC. Uh, it states that Microsoft has claimed that Sony pays developers for blocking rights in return for them agreeing not to put their content on its Xbox Game Pass subscription service. Ooh, it's not going to look good if that's true. Um, the article continues, as part of a document sent to Brazil's Administrative Council for Economic Defense also known as Cade, uh, to justify his proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard, the Xbox firm claimed that Sony actively attempts to inhibit growth of Game Pass by trying to prevent content appearing on it. Uh, the comments are part of Microsoft's response to Sony's claims to the Brazilian body, which makes much of its responses public, that Xbox acquiring Call of Duty would be anti-competitive. Um, I mean, it's... it's it's not going to look good on Sony's part, but you could see it as being a bit of a business decision for them to I don't see what's do what they've done. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one, Mark. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> so what if they did? Well, aren't they denying consumers of Xbox? So... No, well, if they're just not wanting it on Game Pass. It could still come out on Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, but you know how big Game Pass is. Well, it won't be after Sony pays out all this money. <laughs> <laughs> is it a waste of money? Well, no, because it's making that platform um, less viable, yeah. Okay, but did these public comments damage Sony, though? No. Not in my eyes, no. <laughs> in, a week or two, so? in a week or two, everyone will forget they won't care. Exactly, yeah. like, well. gaming news moves that quickly that no one no one will care. And you must remember they've just launched this PS Plus thing. So, you know, you want to start getting people turning towards themselves, don't they? Yeah, that's it. I mean, if there's... If it's a game that they'll put on the PS Plus premium subscription, that's not going to go on Game Pass. Then that's a tick for Tony. Uh, for Tony, <laughs> that's a tick <laughs> for Tony. Tony. <laughs> so there's that as well. And I mean, well, for so some I for Sony's some developers, what they can, they? So. yeah. But for some developers, it might be a good thing because rather than getting your money drip fed to you over years via Game Pass, you'll get a lump sum up front, 
for you to potentially use on other projects that you can get out quicker. Mm. But then, like, like these claims all, all, all about Call of Duty and stuff, that Sony are very... I think... I was uh, frightened I, about it. No, I, I, I think the public's made more of this than it is. I, I don't think say that's even a thing. Because when, so. that, when that first happened, when the takeover was announced and all that, didn't they actually speak to each other? Microsoft and Sony. And they said, I think it was the next three Call of, uh, Call of Duties are... They're already planned. Yeah, they're already guaranteed. Yeah. But then Microsoft said, we we want to keep them going on other platforms. So I don't see why, why all this is kicking off now. Well, I think it's... Comments. Yeah. It seems as though because Xbox owning it, they I think Sony are assuming that people will flock over to Xbox because of Call of Duty. Which could be true, might not be true. I, I don't know how, how much pull Call of Duty still has nowadays. Um, but even, but I mean, Microsoft keep on insisting, look, it just, it would not make financial sense for us to keep this exclusive. The amount of money it makes, you know, obviously, obviously it would be, be best to keep on as many platforms as possible. But Sony just seemed to, seemed to have some something that's frightening them about, about I disagree. I, I think people are making more of this than it is. I, I think it's all gaming journals trying to disturb it. That's what they're doing. Disturbing. That's it. Well, I mean, these these comments came came out public to what Sony believe the uh, acquisition means. So I don't know whether it's stirring or if it is like legitimate. This is what Sony believes. So. Nah, Lord all tosh. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. You've 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 heard it here first. I guess. Yeah, load of old tosh. No need to worry. Yeah. yeah. We'll just all go to the pub, have a pint, and wait for all this to blow over. But she'll continue with Microsoft. At this point. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, she'll continue with Microsoft though. We'll talk about Halo Two. Mm. Halo Two. Mm. Yeah, Halo Two. I bring that up because uh, last month a streamer called Charlie Critical White critical with a one in there in the middle of it i don't know why streamers do these weird names um yeah charlie critical Y offered a twenty thousand dollar reward for anybody who could complete what he believed to be an impossible challenge on halo 2 so the challenge was to beat the game on legendary difficulty with all skulls on without dying so you have to complete the game on the hardest difficulty with all the modifiers basically turned on and these include ones where uh, enemy health is boosted they've got faster reloads and a better aim and a bunch of other things, uh, mm. but you you do have to you do however have to keep the envy school deactivated as that allows you to use a camouflage system. Well, a streamer called Jervelin has successfully managed to complete it and bagged the twenty grand. And they completed it in just under six and a half hours. It's Ooh. not bad work if you can get it. Speed run that. Yeah, it was uh, six hours twenty nine minutes and forty four seconds and seventeen milliseconds. I'd like <laughs> to know how many times he tried it. Too many. Probably, probably a lot. I can yeah. imagine. Imagine getting close to the end and just getting killed. You'd just be so annoyed at yourself. Well, I mean, is it Halo Two? No. I was just say it was, it was Halo Three that I remember. Um, it was a, spef- a specific achievement on there that you had to do the the last mission where the Halo rings pretty much just getting destroyed. And whatnot. You have to escape, get onto the um, get onto the ship. 
but as an achievement um, where you have to do that in four-player co-op, everyone has to be on a ghost, and you have to have these like certain schools active where it's like one person dies, you reset to the next to last checkpoint and whatnot. I think it took took me took us about a good three or four hours, right into like middle of the night trying to get that done. <laughs> so I can't imagine trying to go through an entire game of Halo 2 um, with all schools active and not dying once. Nice oh. cool, 20 grand though. Oh. I know. Right, keeping on Xbox again. So currently there's an issue where achievements are not being triggered properly. So this is across the board from 360 to Xbox One. And it was first reported on the 11th of August. And it does look like it's in the process of being fixed right now. Um, so some achievements are being unlocked. Um, but in terms of the backlog of achievements, sometimes they aren't triggering. So you could go and do an achievement, think you've got it. And then once the fix applies, you might not even get the achievement in the end. So if you are working on any, any really difficult achievements right now, might be worth holding off on them because I know how long some of them can take and you don't want to waste your time. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever done an achievement and it's not popped and you're adamant that you've done it? Um, I don't think so. There's, hmm. a, there's been a lot of times where I've wanted it to be real. <laughs> <laughs> wanted it to be real. But um, no, I don't think that's ever happened to me. No, I can't I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's, it's probably happened. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't really care about achievements that much anymore. I did when I was younger, like in my teens, but not we now. Know, we know that's a lie, Nathan. We know we care about well, all the achievements. The, the man who bought my name is Mayo. <laughs> yeah. Two. Checkmate. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you but, get that, that easy plan? It wasn't easy. My fingers were mangled after the hour of clicking on that Mayo jar. Ooh, one hour. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I did um, I did take it in shifts, and I got Lisa to help as well, so, yeah. What did she get out of it? Yeah. She didn't get the achievement. She did, the achievement of helping me get the platinum. The achievement. <laughs> Married life, folks. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I literally did that just to get the platinum monkey off my back, because I knew there was no way I was ever going to get one otherwise. <laughs> Roll on, my name is Mayo 3. We should make our own game. If, if, if it's this easy to make a game that people will buy in their droves for the silliest of things, then we might as well just quit the pod. I've got an make idea. Make a game. We'll rip off Flappy we'll Bird and call it Flappy Dolphin. So instead of a bird, you're a yes. dolphin. And then instead of buildings, there's like sharks sticking out, chomping and trying to eat the dolphin. Sounds good. And it just lasts forever. And it's a point-based system like Flappy Bird. I'm going to reach out to a dev and make it happen. If you enjoy listening to us, <laughs> coming We're to all, all to mobile platforms, <laughs> not iOS, they take a bigger cut. Android only. Sorry, Mark. Oops. Oh, no. I'm not paying money for my own game. Uh, <laughs> should we talk about a gaming secret? Oh, go on then. Oops. So, you have a game called Super Punch Out? Yes. Yes, with Mike Tyson. So, this was a SNES game that came out 28 years ago, and a secret two-player mode has been found on it. Only just. Oh, wow. So according to Unlisted Cheats on Twitter, this is how you get it. In free match mode, and the character info screen, hold B and Y on Joypad 2. 
then press A or start on Joypad 1. And from now, the the computer opponent could be controlled by Joypad 2, so you can fight against a real person. 28 years onwards, and we're still discovering things in games. It's amazing. That's good. I just want the option to gang up on Mike Tyson. He's too big. Well, handicap match. <laughs> yeah. New cap, yeah. Two on one. If I'll still knock us both out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want a piece of news that's going to go make you go, what? What? Yeah, exactly. So do you guys remember uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was announced at E3 2017. Right? Yeah. And then we've had We've heard pretty much nothing about it since then. Oh, pretty much. Well, there's news. Five years after that announcement, they've just hired their lead writer. Well, <laughs> cool. I mean, see, they've hired someone called uh, Sarah Avalano, who previously worked at both Activision and Volition. Did they not think that was important? You know, to go five years without a lead writer. What have they been doing? I thought I'm they would just... have already had a lead writer. You'd think that'd be one of the first things you might get on board. Yeah, very confusing. I guess we're going to be waiting another five years. I don't... And then maybe they'll get some developers in at that stage. (laughs) Yeah. How very strange. And I guess that's it for the news. Shall we move on to what we're currently playing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Go on, Nathan. Start us off, why don't you? Yeah, why not? Why not? So... I'll get into the first one. So I've been playing Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. So this was a game that came out originally in 2002 on the PlayStation 2 and Xbox. I played the PS2 version, um, but when I originally played it, when I was 10, I wasn't very good at it, so I could never complete it. And in the past week, I found a deal for it on the Switch for £13. So I was like, right. I'm going to buy it because it's the HC version, so everything's nice and upscaled. I thought, right, let's give it a go and make a conservative effort to try and get this game completed and banish the demons of 10-year-old Nathan trying to complete this game. And I'm happy to say it went quite well. I did end up completing it and had a fantastic time. Uh, So what I'll do, I'll just give you a bit of a premise about what the game's all about. So... You are a Tasmanian tiger, and you have to battle against the forces of Boss Cass, who is a cassowary, uh, like an Australian bird. And the game itself is set in a fictional Australia. And I'd liken it to maybe Crash Bandicoot. So when it gets to the PS2 era, it's like it's a 3D platformer. And what you've got to do is try and stop Boss Cass from getting all these talismans. Because in the start of the game, he trapped your parents in this dream zone. So you've got to try and get them back and defeat him and stop this bird from taking over the world. So it's a, yeah, yeah. So it's a race to try and get these talismans so that, that he can't get them to then destroy all life, pretty much. Which is pretty heavy for a, for a game that's set as E for everyone. But anyway. So... What you have to do is there are three levels in each section and within these levels, these things called thunder eggs and the the thunder eggs are used to power this machine for you to get a talisman. Um, So once you've played through enough levels and got enough thunder eggs by going through the level, um, doing certain tasks for people within the level. So, for example, 
I helped a seahorse find her babies that had been attacked by sharks. Um, and I managed to get all them and then you'd get a thunder egg for that. And these thunder eggs then power the machine. You then get a talisman. And then at that point, you have to fight a boss. And there's three main stages like that. And then at the very end, you've got to fight the overall boss, Both Cass, in this giant robot. But anyway, I'll, I'll not get too much into that. Um, but it's pretty much a, a 3D platforming collectathon. There's tons of stuff to collect and tons of different, um, what they call boomerangs you can get. So that's one thing I forgot to mention. The Tasmanian tiger has boomerangs that it uses to fire against its enemies, whether they be reptiles or other things that you'd find in the outback. And you can have different types of boomerangs. So you've got fire boomerangs and you can use them to melt ice. You've got ice boomerangs to kind of get rid of fire. So there is a bit of kind of, um, I won't go as far as to say puzzle elements to it because it's really easy to select the right boat, uh, the right boomerang for what you need. But there's kind of a little bit, sometimes you might need to think about, right, I need to power this generator to open this door, so I'll need my electric boomerang, let's say. So there is a bit of that involved as well. Um, but yeah, the, the game all in, I think it took me just over eight hours to complete, which is not too bad. And I just found an absolute whale of a time with it. And it's one of the few games that have pretty decent water. It's got a pretty decent water level because all the levels represent a certain bit. That is, it's, it's not bad, Matt. It's not bad. There's, there's no good water levels. Okay. I'll explain why shortly. So each of the levels uh, represents a fictional part of Australia. So you've got the water levels, which are kind of the Great Barrier Reef. You've got the levels that represent the outback. And then you've got these forest levels to represent like the forests and stuff in Australia. Now, the Barrier Reef ones are pretty good because you get tons of air, so you don't need to worry about like running out of air and dying that much. It's more the creatures and things that are in the ocean that will do you in, like the sharks. There's mines that will come after you. Um, there's these lizards with like tanks on the back so that will come and shoot you with harpoons. So that's the... That's the thing you'll most have to worry about because there's tons of open water. So even if you did get to like the last quarter of your air, you could just swim up. That takes literally two seconds and then you can dive back down again and go from there. So I think on the water levels, they got the balance really well and it was really easy. So, yeah, but um, yeah, really enjoyed that, got through that. And I think I might try and play the second in the second game in that iteration because I never played number two before. I only ever played one when I was a kid, but now I want to try and get through all the other games because I think there's three or four of them now. So yeah, it's one of them to get through. So yeah, so that's the first game that I've been playing. The next one is something I started fairly recently called Little Nightmares. So this was on PS Plus fairly recently. Ooh. Um, I'm, I'm not that far through, but I do want to talk about it because it's, it's a very eerie game. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it because it's got a lot of atmosphere to it as well. Um, and you go through the whole of this ship and all the um, the connotations there are in terms of like suicide and everything going on with the children and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, when I, when I first started it though, I uh, I didn't know that you could light the um, the lighter. 
in order to see around you. So I was just disappearing into this dark void, not knowing what was going on. I like, I'll run through it, it'll be fine. And then <laughs> it was just pitch black. And they're like, right, I can't do this. I'll, I'll walk back. And then eventually it gave me the prompt to say, right, you can use, I think it's square um, or circle. I was getting mixed up to activate your lighter so you can actually see where you're going. And that was a big step. But yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm, I'm enjoying the platforming aspects and the puzzly aspects to it. Um, hate the leeches. They can bugger off. Not a fan of them. Because um, you'll get to certain points of the game where these leeches will fall from the ceiling and try and get hold of you and pretty much just eat you. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm having a good time with it. I'm, I'm not out of the first section yet. And I, I think I've been playing it for easily over an hour. And I've seen some people's playthroughs that have taken about an hour and a half for the entire game. So I must be really bad. Well, you're walking around in the dark, so there you go. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. yeah. It did take me a whole two minutes to realise that I yeah, I could um, use the use the lighter to... It's a very up. interesting game, though. Very interesting game. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's it's nice. It's well, it's not nice. It's it's pretty <laughs> it's terrifying really nice. to be honest. Um, there was there was a certain point when I went into this room with like a few different beds in there, and this thing came through the door with this big massive head. I don't know what the heck it was, and it was kind of trying to look for me, and I had to hide under the bed, wait for it to go, and then run off. Mm. But I found myself doing that quite a lot, just trying to run through the scary bits as quickly as possible. But there are bits where. There's that eye that flashes that light that kind of burns you if um, if it gets to you. So you've got to be a bit more tactical there. But but yeah, I'm going to continue to play it, and I, I, I really I'm really liking it a lot more than I thought because I know that you guys have talked about it previously, and I know generally speaking, not maybe not you, Matt, but Mark's um, <laughs> thoughts about it. Um, and generally yeah, it. Yeah. generally speaking, it's. Um, it's well liked by a lot of people, and I just felt that I want to get into another platforming game. So why not? Why not this one? So yeah, I'll let you know. I get on on the next part on that particular game. So the last game that I've been playing is I played a bit more of Elden Ring. Now this was um, me and my soon-to-be brother-in-law. We were playing Elden Ring because he's he's more into the Soulsborne games than I am, so he's got a bit more experience than I have, and. Um, we ended up going into this cave and basically trying to attack a load of these wolves. And he must have tried about 20 times and got killed, but eventually killed them all. And, um, and then he found his way into this lair with this like king wolf, like the boss. And um, he got killed there. So like, here you go, Nathan. You have a go. Like, oh, yeah, thanks for that. But eventually I found out what I could do is run past all the crap wolves, get straight into the boss fight. And I ended up taking about a third of his health off, which was pretty good. Um, but then eventually I had to come off it. So um, I'll try and kill that Wolf King again at some point. But um, but yeah, oh, other than that, I tried attacking this settlement with a load of um, like army people. And that did not go well. I managed to kill a couple of like the weaker ones. And then this guy came up with a spear. And I thought I was hiding behind these barrels. He just speared through the barrels, impaled me, killed me in like two attacks. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> this is not for me. And then I shut the controller and Tom and said, there you go, you have a go. <laughs> and then that's where we started like the fight with the wolves and stuff, which was which was pretty funny. Uh, 
but yeah, that's that's all I've been playing in the last couple of weeks. What about you, Mark? Well, I've not really had much time to play many games, but I played one thing, and that is uh, Guts and Glory. Mm-hmm. So this is mm-hmm. a yeah, so this is a physics a physics based game where you participate uh, in a ridiculous and somewhat gruesome game show. So the controls are actually quite twitchy and ragdoll effects are like very much the highlight and it's got the feel and tone of like goat simulator oh i like it that's kind of how it plays so you have a selection of characters right to control and they each have a unique vehicle that they ride around on and you go into this like this village thing and you go to a village on your vehicle and you have to go through a series of checkpoints before reaching the finish line meanwhile Whilst you're doing that, uh, there is a bunch of stuff happening that is trying to kill you. Ooh. So I've played as a bunch of characters now, and here's here's a breakdown of how it went for these characters for me. So first we have John and Deborah, and they ride together on a bicycle. So John's on the front, pedaling, uh, Deborah's on the back. So I went flying down a hill with these two, and then through a series of tight turns. Uh, Deborah got her arm cut off by a saw. Ooh. Uh, but it was fine. We kept on going. Uh, it was just a glancing blow. And then we launched off a ramp and John got his head impaled on a spike. <laughs> uh, we've also got Earl, who rides around with a quad bike. He was decapitated by cannon fire. Um, there's Larry, who's a man with rockets attached to his chair so he can fly. Right. And he flew into the top of a fence and got his legs cut off. Um, then there's the Yang family. And uh, they're a couple who are driving around in a car with the kid in the back. And I drove them off the edge of the map. And I spun the car so violently that the kid and wife flew out in opposite directions into the abyss. Um, <laughs> then there's Zoe, who a sort of, you know, evil can evil. Oh, yeah. Uh, who rides around like on a motorbike. Uh, she was blown up by a landmine and got turned into what could only be described as chunks. Um, and then there's pensioners Jack and Jill. So Jack rides a bike and Jill is being towed on the back in a small wagon. Right? And I made it less than two metres before Jill flipped out and ironically fell down a hill. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not much else I can really say about this, but it's, it's, it's a cheap looking game. Um, it does feel like it was thrown together over a weekend when somebody had too much Red Bull and cocaine. Um, it is without question one of the most bizarre games I've ever played in a very long time. Yeah, that's 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 all I can say about it. It's it's not great. Nice. So go on, Matthew. What have you been playing? Um, okay, so I've played a couple of things. Uh, got one new thing and others that I've kind of come back to sort of over either the last pod or quite a while ago. So I've been continuing my single player campaign on Yu-Gi-Oh. Legacy of the Duelist. Still going through the first season, managed to finally get unstuck. I hope I said this in the last podcast. I got stuck at when you're playing as Yugi going against Pegasus. And that was, that was a very annoying duel, I should say. But I eventually got past it and managed to get to sort of the Bow City part of it. And then I got stuck with Joey going against Weevil because Weevil has like a ridiculous strategy of essentially turning all your monster cards into insects and then stopping them from attacking. So 
and then Weevil has like a specific monster card that gets powered up by any insect monster cards that are on the field, so it just gets ridiculously powerful. And it's like there's only one strategy that you can pull off that can stop all that, which I finally managed to do. I must have been after about 10 or 12 tries. It was ridiculous trying to get through that. Uh, so now I've got to a point in the story where you play as um, Seto Kaiba against... I forgot what her name is. It's like Ishiri or something like that. She's like... Oh, Mark's sister. Yeah. Yeah, she's um, she holds one of the Millennium items and she's the reason that Kyra gets uh, gets to do the whole sort of Battle City tournament to begin with. And she's got an annoying strategy now as well, so I'm, I'm stuck there. <laughs> I just get to points and just get stuck, basically. So, um, But no, still still enjoying going through it. I think I'll... I guess the point where I think I'll, I might finish the Yu-Gi-Oh part of it and then I might I might leave it there. We'll see. I do like the GX stuff, so I might I might go through that, but we'll see. Um, one one game that I've come back to recently um, on Steam has been House Flipper. So because I've just bought that on Steam. Yeah. Well, it it was on sale. That's why. Yeah, it was it was on sale. I saw it was on sale recently, and like all of its DLC was on sale as well. Yeah, it's like there's like um, what was it? The Garden Flipper. There's the luxury one. H is it HGTV? Something like that. Yeah, H. H HGTV is it? Something like that. Something like that. Pets. And there's the Pets one as well, which I think has been recent. Yeah, seems like a new one. So I thought I'd like get all the DLC, see see what it's like doing all the gardening. Moving on the weeds and the more hills. What's your, yeah, what's your thoughts on the garden? Because I like the garden on the PlayStation version. Um, I like it, but it's, it's kind of basic. Like, there's not much to it, I don't think. Okay. From what I've played, anyway. Maybe, I, I might need to do more, like, gardening-based missions or something, because a lot of it's just kind of... Yeah. Um, obviously, you can put kind of grass down. Um, you can put the... Uh, like gravel stuff as well, plot pan, uh, plants around, pick up weeds, more hills, that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, I'm sure there's one way you might be able to trim grass, but I don't think I've done, gone so far into it yet to be able to do that. I'm not sure. Yeah, the trimmer. Yeah, yeah. Got the gun yeah. trimmer. I don't have it for some reason. I don't know if it's like you've got to play more missions to unlock it. You, you probably do. Yeah. Probably. But you can uh, build pools and all that. I've not yet. tried that yet. No, there's probably a lot more to it. I'm, I'm probably just only getting to the start of it. So, because yeah. um, I played a bit, because I restarted, obviously, because I bought it on Steam. Yeah, I restarted, restarted. I restarted by just doing a few of the missions, mm. and on that, I did notice that things were unlocking as I did the jobs. So it's probably going to be the same on that, if I remember rightly. Yeah, probably. I think I think gardening is probably the only new job that gets introduced into the game from the DLCs. Yeah. I think yeah. I've not I've not looked too much into the pet stuff or luxury stuff yet. Um, so I, I think last job I just did I just cleared out bunker, uh, just cleaning that up, selling some of the shelving, uh, putting up some tiles, buying some rations and food and stuff, getting that put in. Um, I do like I, I think this is new recently, but the once you complete a job, um, it does like a 
like a side by side of like, oh, this is what the room looked oh, yeah. like first, and now this is what it looks like. I was like, oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. I know since but I, I thought that was just like something that might have been always on that, but I assume it isn't then. <laughs> no, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's something new. Um, oh, okay. The Brian, so. No, yeah, I'm like enjoying it. It's like a screen wipe of the. Yeah. Here's here's how it was. This is what you made it look like now. Yeah. Every, everything's not in place, so anything. Like, you could pretty much put, place anything anywhere, and you'd probably, it'd probably take yeah. it. <laughs> you'd be fine. Put the fridge in the middle of the room. Yeah. So I'm just gonna hang this axe on the shelf. <laughs> so, um, no, I've been, I've been enjoying it. It's, it's, a, it's a game I like coming back to if I just wanna, again, just to relax to and just chill out. Not think about too much what I'm doing. <laughs> so. Uh, been enjoying that. Um, one game I've come back to that I've not touched in, it must have been a good amount of months, like even maybe up to a year. I, I can't remember when this game came out. But the reason I, I came back to it um, was because I met with a, a friend recently who's decided to come into the 21st century and buy a smartphone. Um, <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't play games normally, but this one mobile game he's gone absolutely hooked into. I was like, Okay, maybe I might give it another go, see what, see what I think of it, if, uh, if it's gone any better. So I've been recently getting back into Genshin Impact. Um, if you guys don't know too much about it, it's just a free-to-play anime take on Breath of the Wild, I suppose. <laughs> um, but combat and stuff is, is quite simple. You kind of got just kind of one button pretty much for most attacks. You've got kind of a an elemental button for elemental attacks, I suppose, that has a there's a cooldown. You've got a bit of like an ultimate move as well that gets charged up that you can use against enemies. Um but you just you go through the world just kind of collecting characters through um wishes and stuff. I know there's a lot of microtransaction stuff to it but I think you can easily play through the game without needing that and just getting through it but I don't know I, I installed the PS5 version that's, that I've not played before and um, it, is, it is a really nice looking game for a free to play one I do like the look of it I feel like movement's quite nice um, the climbing around anywhere very much like Breath of the Wild um I mean, if anyone's into like their RPGs and and kind of world exploring stuff, it's a, it's a pretty decent game to get back into. I've not got so far. Like, I've been trying to follow the story quests as much as I can, keeping on track with that, and just being able to unlock certain places here and there. Like, the the map's gotten a lot bigger from from what I remember. I've I've probably like discovered maybe like an eighth of it, if that. So they've added a lot more to the game, so that's good. So, no, I've been enjoying my time going back on there. Might might be one where I just go back to it every now and then. So, and then the only other new game that I bought on the disagreement from Mark, who refused to buy it. Oh, I forgot about this. I forgot I actually played it. Yeah, I was surprised you didn't bring it up. Um... <laughs> Oh, it's fine. We can unpack it now. I don't mind. We can unpack it now. Uh, decided to dip my toes into Battlefield 2042. <laughs> <laughs> and so, how did that go? Uh, I think I think my 
session is probably one of our better than from what I saw from Nathan. So. <laughs> Spawn dead. Spawn dead. Spawn yeah, trying to shoot a guy. Pretty much. Die. Like, <laughs> I, I went into the 24-person free-for-all. Actually, saying that, before that, I did the, the war game where you got to kind of battle the territory. And there's like three oh, of them yeah. and you got to like whittle their team down and be a bit tactical yeah, on right. which they should take over. I enjoyed that bit because it wasn't with people. Um, but um, yeah, I got into the multiplayer and yeah. I, pe- I played the 24 person free for all. Mm. It was an absolute bloodbath. Not in the good way either. <laughs> it was insane. Like I, I'd see somebody shoot them and then the bullets would just go through them and then I'd already be dead. Um, I'd spawn and the three people had spawned on top of me. So I, I got to I got a tactic where when I spawned, I'd immediately do like three or four steps back so I could just shoot anyone spawning in front of me. But they would do the yeah. same thing. So it was kind of everyone just trying to spawn, kill each other. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty wild. I d- I've, not, I've not played it since then. That kind of sullied it for me. <laughs> well, you had a good time there, didn't you, Matt? Well, I I normally enjoy Battlefield games. You know, the the last couple, maybe not as much, um, but I still think they're they're pretty well put together games. Maybe compared to this one, um, but no, I, I think my my experience of this, I think after all the kind of bug fixes and some kind of new content that's come in, has has been okay. Um, you know, there's uh there's one I think one of the newest maps that they put in is is pretty well put together where it's kind of got like you can fight um it's almost kind of like in this kind of cliffside hangar base thing where like there's there's capture points within there there's capture points outside of it there's a lot of kind of stuff going on it's a bit it's pretty much just kind of classic battlefield where it's just absolute chaos um. But I did, I did have a, I did have a quick go of it this morning where they've got, um, got a game mode that's called Breakthrough, where it's, it, it feels some of those from Battlefield 1, I think it is. Um, it's either 1 or V. It, it could be both. Where it's kind of, you've got a defender's side and an attacking side, and the attacking side has to capture certain points within the map, and if they capture both points, or if it's just a single point, you kind of move along to sort of the next portion of the map where you kind of continue that. And it's kind of like the attacking side has kind of essentially push forward while the defendant kind of stops them from going anywhere. And I quite like that in the, in the battlefield, um, formula where it's, it's a bit more, it's a bit more personal. There's less kind of vehicles going on. So it's not as kind of destructive. It's more kind of just about team playing, being able to capture the points or defend them. Um, something that has never changed in a Battlefield game is whenever you've died and you want to request a revive and the medic comes along and instead just kind of stands on your body and starts chewing people instead of reviving you because he's a rude word. Um, that'll never change in Battlefield. <laughs> um, but no, I've, I've enjoyed my time with it so far. Um, I do, I do like the, the idea of being able to modify a weapon on the go the whole kind of i don't know what name they've given to it but i kind of it's, it's something that i kind of want for call of duty i think they might have mentioned something for modern warfare 2 where you kind of you inspect your gun but you can start modifying parts of it 
freely instead of having to go, you know, kill yourself and then or get killed and then having to modify it in a menu afterwards. I do like that part of it. It's really good. You're under my desk. Um, don't don't oh, take I... any notes in that. Thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, and I, I'm enjoying it. I, th- I think I'd like to play more of it. See, get get better understanding of the mechanics and and the gameplay of it, and then probably have a, a proper opinion of it later on. But for ten quid, yeah. For me, it's a waste of ten quid. And I'm going to spend my 10 quid on something better. <laughs> like 10 My Name Is Mayo 2s. You probably get about 18 of them. Yeah, that's true. So, question. Yes, a question. Okay. The question is, what is your favourite demo, but was for a game that you never ended up owning? Mm. Shall I start? Yeah, yeah go, go for it. Okay, so this demo came from uh, official UK PlayStation magazine, Demo Disc 6, Volume 2. And the game in question is called Karusha. Well, it was here in Europe. In North America, it was called Intelligent Cube, although Cube was spelt with a Q. Of course it was. Maybe not that intelligent. I don't know. So this was a, a puzzle game, and you are a bloke who is standing on a floating platform that is comprised of a load of cubes. Okay. Uh, so basically the floor looks like a, a series of square panels. Now what happens is that a series of cubes uh, flip and roll towards you. And the idea is to capture each cube and get rid of them before they f- uh, flip too far and push you off the platform, effectively. So you mark a square on the ground, and then when a cube lands on that square, you can deactivate it, and that will remove the block. And they're able to capture every cube, and if you leave any to fall off at the end, these like uh, get added together, and each level has a scale of how many you're allowed to let fall. And if it exceeds that scale, the last row of the platform collapses, meaning that you have less less room to work with mm. for the next round. Uh, they have like special cubes as well, so they're, like green ones that could be captured, and then they would allow you to capture like the eight that surround that block. Um, and there's black ones which you couldn't you couldn't capture and you had to let them pass. But I just really enjoyed the simplicity of it. It wasn't. I don't think it was really a game that many people spoke about. Um, plus, it was amusing when you fell off because your guy just screamed as he fell into a black void. But yeah, I never bought it because I was young and poor. But yeah, that gets, so that was on the PS1, obviously. Uh, but I've discovered that it's actually with this new PS Plus, it's actually on it. And you can get it for seven ninety nine. And I think they've done a bit of, a, I think they've done some updates on it to make it a bit, I don't know, modern, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I might actually dabble now, because I'm old and poor now, but. <laughs> I'm old and poor. <laughs> You're the now, so it's all good. But yeah. But no, that, that's, that's my choice. It's Karushi, uh, a very simple game. But I remember playing it a lot, and I don't know why I never got the game. Well, I've actually, I guess I do, because I was a younger poor. But yeah. But I probably should have. I probably should have got it. I don't know why I didn't. Mm. Even though I played it a lot. So go on. Maybe there were just other games that came yeah. in and you thought, oh, I'll just play that. It probably was. I think it's because it was a puzzle game. It's and when you replay it, it still feels different. It's not like a level mm. where it'd be the same thing. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense, because yeah. it's a puzzle, it feels different every time you 
put it on. I didn't have to fork out any money for it, so. <laughs> I wish I could find that disc now, though. I know I've got it somewhere. Is it Demo Disc 6, Volume 2? Yes. I've definitely got I, it somewhere. I think, I think I might have got the same one, because I can vividly remember playing it. I'll have to consult my bands with yeah. my Demo Discs. Sounds, sounds like a familiar game, but I think I tried playing and I just got absolutely confused with it. <laughs> As most demos, this was. Go on, Dave. What's yours? Mine. This one really tough because all of the demos that I really liked, I actually ended up buying the games. So there were certain demos that I used to play pretty much non-stop. One that I've, I, this is one that I liked and bought. So this is well, well, not... maybe we'll come on to that. Okay, right. We'll put that into the honourable mentions. That's fine. Okay, so mine is when I, it's one that I've played since we've done this podcast. And I can remember talking about this game once I played the demo, like raving about it, saying, oh, it's, it's going to be a day one purchase. But it wasn't a day one purchase because I've not got the game. So the one for me is Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Now, ah. I downloaded and I played the demo on the Switch. Thoroughly enjoyed it. The levels that you played, the boss fight, the mechanics, everything. Enjoyed it so much. But I've just not bought it. Any reason? Because it's still 35 quid. Oh, so, right. So a bit Just like cash. Love Mod. Yeah. Cash. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. I, I'm, I'm waiting until the day I can find it for 99p in a charity shop. So, no. I, I think if it ever got to about 25 quid, I'd, I'd buy it at that point. I'd, I'd do it. But 35 quid is still a little bit too much. Because I never like to pay full price for anything because I'm a, a wretch like that. <laughs> but yeah, really enjoyed that, that that demo. Absolutely fantastic. And it, it transfers all of your um, game save onto the full game when you buy it. So I'll have that for when I do buy it one day. Mm. Go on then, Matt. What's yours? Ooh, so for me, uh, I would have to go back to sort of the PS1 era of just... Loving to collect demo discs and not actually buying the game that I, uh, from playing the demo. So, like, I used to, I used to collect the official UK PlayStation magazine. I don't know if you guys might remember it. So, my game came from, I think it was issue 43, reading this. And the game was known as Warzone 2100. So, if you've never heard of the game, if you don't know what it was, it was, uh, it was like a top-down, um, real-time strategy game. Cause like when, when I was younger, I was quite big into the sort of real-time strategy games. You know, you had your, you know, I used to have, um, Command and Conquer Red Alert. Um, I also had a, I also had this like really niche one. Um, I forgot what it's called. It's like, K and K, I think, something like that. Basically, it was like, it was very out there. You could have like a insect army going up against like a android one. It was a bit, bit, bit strange, but I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> Sounds cool. Um, I thought there'd be too many legs there for your liking, Matt. Yeah. Well, I don't think they had those types, so that that was handy. Um, but no, this uh, was on 2100. I, for some reason, I really enjoyed it because there was like, um, 
there was almost like a, a customization side to it where you you could you'd create sort of like trucks that would be your sort of resource gathering units you know tell them out tell them to the um you build like um oil refineries tell them there and then bring them back to to sort of get produced and collect resources and whatnot but then you could also modify them to how to be sort of your like tank units as well and you could modify sort of parts of stuff like do the body change the body style um what kind of wheels this one whether it's got like it's four-wheeled or it's treaded um whether it's got artillery cannons or maybe just machine guns um i i don't know why it's some reason when i was young playing it it just it really caught me i just i really enjoyed playing it um i think there was like there was a couple levels that you could play so there's like kind of you just kind of go around the map you know discovering more of the map and the terrain and stuff, finding the enemy base, taking them out. You could rank up your um, units, like the more kills it's got, the more they go up in ranks and they'd be, you know, get a little bit more health, maybe a little bit more armor, attack power, stuff like that. Um, I just, I really enjoyed it. I don't know why I never bought it. It's for some reason, like, I remember playing it and I just, it was never one. I would ever get round to to buying. Like I don't want to. I don't want to say embarrassingly, but like when you're young, there's stuff like getting chipped playstations. No, uh, no nobody I knew ever did that. No, clearly not. It was your neighbour. Um, yeah, that's it. My neighbour yeah, neighbor. three gates from a fiver from Castle Market. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just we knew my my dad knew someone who just burned the. The game's on discs. <laughs> um, but it was, it was never one game that came up that, that I wanted to buy. I, I can't remember why I never bought it in the end. So I remember enjoying it, but no, that's, uh, that's my choice. I've got a, an honourable mention. Oh? Well, actually, well, I don't know if I'd say it's one of, I don't know if it's one of my favourites, but it's, it's just one I remember. That I just mm. never bought because it was just quite unique. Do you remember a game called Three Lines? Yeah, 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 I remember Three Lines. So, so, the, so it was an officially endorsed England football game. Mm. And I just found it quite intriguing because it had a very unique shooting mechanic in it. I don't know if you remember this. But basically, it's, so you had like the normal camera as you play. And then as you got towards the goal, the camera would move like behind your player. So you like face onto the goal. But you had a target that would appear yeah, on I remember the goal. This, yeah. But it would, the target would move as you're moving the player as well. So if you're pressing left to move the player left, the target would be moving left as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's and it was very accurate. The shot it was like where that target was. That's where the ball. That's where the shot's going. Yeah. But what was weird because I watched the because they had a, an intro video on it. I remember on the demo, there was like an intro video and it had a ocean color scenes, hundred mile high city playing in the background good song um but it's funny because i rewatched it and it was like gameplay interspersed with like the england football team mm. playing real games but in the gameplay footage that they showed uh, the players were always missing the goal it's quite funny <laughs> uh, it's like well that's i think that's kind of how i remember it i don't think it really caught on that game but i just i just thought it was an interesting thing because we haven't seen we, we don't really see that in 
football game now, do we? No, I mean, the closest well, thing would be taking penalties. Like, penalties or free kicks, yeah. Well, yeah, of course, but yeah. We're talking about like, an open play. It's just it's just very unique, wasn't it? I always yeah. found that difficult. It was difficult. It was very yeah, difficult. Yeah, that's, that's very, why it catch up. It was difficult, yeah. But never bought the game. Because I remember it was England v Italy. That's it. And then you got the... Uh, at the beginning, they'd always do the, the photo lineup, So they'd all run up and, you know... The front row would crouch down, the others would stand behind them. And then you could just see all the stretchy faces, like all the thing <laughs> models, like Paul Scholes with his head wrapped around, like, Egh. yeah. It was all very bizarre. <laughs> there's, there's one that I used to play a lot, but I did get, so it's a bit of a cheap one. <clears throat> but I used to, mm-hmm. I know, shocking. I used to play the Saints Road demo religiously. So, on the Saints Row demo, what you could do, they gave you a certain portion of the map that you could just kind of free roam around, kill people, drive, and do whatever you wanted to do, basically, with a few of the weapons. You did about two or three of the start missions as well, but I never did that. I just put the cheats in and, yeah, just... Oh, you put the cheats in and then? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And then, uh, like, have let have it pursue... And, um, yeah, just caused terror. Oh, great. And then eventually I, I did end up getting the game. Loved that. Like, for me, in terms of Saints Row, yeah, you can have your Saints Row 4 with him flying around and being the president and all that kind of gubbins, but Saints Row 1 was peak. Another, another one, actually, I did think about, and this is a game that none of us have got that we played the demo for. Mm-hmm. PT, only because it turned I knew you were eight gonna, I knew years you were old gonna, a few yeah. days knew, ago. Knew, no, not counting that. that. <laughs> no one's played. The game that we never got. That was a shame. And I don't even like scary games, but I would have played that. No, you wouldn't. Says. <laughs> Lies. I remember another game, I, uh, another demo I got, actually, but never bought the game. That was Treasures of the Deep. Hmm. So basically, you, if I can remember, you rode around on the submersibles. You know those sea submersible things where you just hold onto them and they're like powered. Like, oh, like a diver yeah, yeah. would hold onto them. Powered. It's like you were controlling one of them and you were going searching like shipwrecks and, but you'd get attacked by sharks, things like that. I think there was a, I think there was a story in it as well. Not, not just exploration, but it had like a moody atmosphere. And I remember it added a, what I remember specifically is the music. It had a really nice piece of music in the background. And if you put the disc in your CD player, you could play it. Which quite like. I miss those days oh, where, nice. you could, where you could put the CDs actually in your CD player and get the music. I tried doing that with Grand Theft Auto San Andreas to get the Snoop Dogg songs, but that did not work. Well, I moved to DVD, didn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's one, there's actually one game for me that I remember vividly playing a lot of, but I, it never caught on with me playing the demo. Was um, Abe's Odyssey. Huh. I was just thought it was it was I think for me as a child it was it was a very it's a very dark game. Yeah, yeah. I had a very dark sense of humor as well, and I think for me I would just I always got stuck doing something. Maybe like maybe it was part where you um, you control another another one of the creatures at the time to do something for you, and I think I always ended up getting killed. 
So that's why they had to put the farts in just to lighten it up a bit. Mm, yeah. And, and the burps. Can't forget the, and the burps. Can't yeah. forget the burps as well. Mm. So do you have a best demo that you did buy, Matt? I mean, Ned's given his. Ooh, best one that I did buy. I could give you mine. Mine undoubtedly is a PC game, which was a uh, Grim Fandango. Oh, yeah. So I remember getting that back in 1998, because that's when Grim Fandango came out. And I didn't buy the game for years, but I used to play that over and over and over again. I just love the atmosphere, the music, the characters, the writing. Glorious. But basically the game split up into like four years, and effectively the first year was this demo. Well, first bit of the year. So you had like a bunch of different areas, and uh, no, it's just a really nice puzzle game. And I love that. One thing about that is that, because I love that section so much, when I ended up buying the game, I kind of felt disappointed a bit when it got to the second section, because it was a bit more dark than that jolly first bit that I played in the demo. But no, overall, it is a brilliant game. But yeah, I play that so much. I think the game demo that I played that ended up making me buy the game that I really enjoyed was probably Just Cause 2. Mm. Um, I remember when it, when it came out, it's, I think it was one of the first demos where you had like, you were pretty much given 20 minutes, there's something like 20 minutes, you could do whatever you wanted, like you had the full map open to you, and just literally just go nuts, do what you want. Um, I obviously enjoyed it, I, I think I, I, I enjoyed the previous Just Cause game anyway, but like this demo kind of like, for what you could do, the amount of chaos that you could just throw about and whatnot. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. And probably another one, even though I was going to end up buying it anyway, that was just popped into my head, was probably the Resident Evil 2 remake demo. That was a favourite of mine. That was pretty good. I watched other people playing that. That was a pretty good demo. Yeah. I think just just the... I think it's got the best decapitation model. (laughs) Uh, It sounds terrible. (laughs) Okay. Sounds bad. But I mean, like, where you shoot, there's visible damage. You know, you can shoot a leg off. That's that's what we want, you know. And then the zombie reacts to how how what you're basically doing to it. Then, so no, I love that demo. Well, there you go. That's some of our favourite demos. If you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release by Wilke on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post the whole thing. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Ta-ra. Have a wonderful day, everyone.